0: morning, church. Great to be here. Can we move this? Yeah, thank you. What an incredible worship service so far! And is that what you do every weekend here? Is that what you do? Man, I want to, I want to move here now. <laughs> uh, it's been great. Uh, my name is Alex Quintanilla, and along with my beautiful wife Amelia, we lead the awesome, fired up, fun, incredible high school ministry in our church. They're fired up, they're fired up, and uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing really to see God moving in a very powerful way in, in our uh, youth ministry. Um, honestly, we've been like in awe of what's been happening, and uh, I want to show you a picture. In this, this past, this year, uh, 11 people have gotten baptized just in the <laughs> high school ministry. And I want you to look at the, the faces for a little bit. Just let's take a look at those faces. Ha- do they look happy? They look fired up and it's, again, it, it's been an incredible time just really seeing young people make Jesus Lord of their lives. It's just, it, it's an amazing time and uh, uh, we're enjoying it and then I'm going to show you this other picture because the work is not done. There's still um, a lot more work to do. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, our, that's when we went to teen camp and that's about 60 of the 80 teenagers that we have in our church. So there's more work to do. I, I just want to ask for your prayers, um, you know. But thank goodness, you know, God has been moving in a very powerful way. You know, we're enjoying it. Hopefully, you're enjoying, you know, seeing the kids um, just just being fired up about God. Uh, and a little personal personal good news. I want to share something, but I hopefully can we keep it here? Okay, it's like don't share with anybody else outside. Yeah, you already know what it is. So my wife is pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you can probably kind of tell, right? We're, we're pregnant, you can we're see my little, I have like a sympathy, weight a little bit. Uh, but we're excited and afraid, and uh, you know, I, I've been, I've been asking people, okay, you know, how is it to have a, a second child, and you know, I've gotten all kinds of crazy things, and Probably the craziest one is somebody said, okay, imagine, imagine you're drowning, okay, and then somebody hands you a baby, and that's it. <laughs> so hopefully it's not like that, hopefully it's not like that, but we, we're, we're definitely very excited. Um, well, today's message is not about babies, it's not about youth ministry, but I, I, I'm going to start the message with a question, okay, and I think we, we can all relate to this question. How is your heart today? How is your heart today? You know, it is is a possibility that today you have a, that you're good-hearted, right? It's a possibility. It's also a possibility that you have not a good heart, right? It's a possibility for you and me, and, and, you know, there are possibilities that exist for every single one of us this morning. You know, but I know that we all want to be good-hearted, right? Hopefully. Yes, I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody. You know, if you came to church, you took a shower, some of you, and came to church, it's because you want to be good-hearted, right? You know, I don't know anybody that will wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm just going to have a bad heart today. I mean, I just don't know anybody like that. Maybe, maybe you do. But I don't think so. Nobody, nobody really wakes up in the morning and says, "I'm just gonna have a bad heart today." You know, but we get some, but we get to have a bad heart during the day, you know, sometimes, don't we? Right? Have you ever experienced having a bad heart about doing something? <laughs> right? I mean, probably all of us here. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, we look back and we're like, "Man, what happened?" I, I was trying to have a good heart, but then it's just a mess. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures. Matthew 5, verse 8. We're going to start there. It's beginning of the Sermon of the Mount. This is Jesus speaking in the first verses, are you know, the Beatitudes. And he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, again, there's a possibility for you and me to be good-hearted. But there's also the possibility for you and me to be bad, to have a bad heart. And, and, and today we're going to spend the rest of our time in thinking like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to have a good heart? Okay, what do you need to do? What do I need to do to go into life and have a good heart? You know, uh, have you ever woke up in the morning and said, okay, today I'm going to have a great day. And like 15 minutes haven't passed yet, and, and you already like had an argument with your wife or your husband and, or your kids or your parents. And you're like, oh, man, I thought I was going to have a good day. But, you know, again, we, we get into this. And I have three suggestions for us today. And these suggestions are, number one, is to humble yourself. Number two is to surround yourself. And number three is to guard yourself. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start with humble yourself. So, turn your Bibles to Psalm fifty-one, verse ten. Just a little hot. If you're there, if you bring your Bible, hopefully, you know we've been encouraging the teens to bring their paper Bibles to Devos. And yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. It's awesome. If you didn't bring it, you know, bring it next week. Also, if you if you you know if you didn't bring your Bible paper Bibles to church. I want to encourage you to bring your paper Bibles to church. You know, it, it, it really helps when you highlight and you take notes. and you know When you have it on your phone, you just can't do that. Well, you can, but it's just kind of hard to find, right? Like I know where the scriptures are. If I open my Bible, they're here or they're here and I have some drawings. So anyways, just bring your Bibles. So humble yourself. See, David is dealing here with his own life, and after he has been confronted with sin in his life, we're going to read it. He says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, David decides to humble himself. And he admits that he's not where he needs to be. He says, God created in me a pure heart. You know, what's the implication here? That that he, that his current condition is what? It's not a good heart, right? He's he's not right with God. He has not a good heart. You know, and, and many times, that's just a great a great place to start. Just to accept that you don't have a good heart about things. You know, and and everybody else can tell. I mean, people already know. People that know you already know. But you're like, I'm ah, just not going to say it. I'm not going to admit it. But, you know, David here, he, he admits, like, you know, I'm just going to admit it. I, I need help. You know, and I, I think, you know, many times we just don't, we don't get to have a pure heart because we fail to admit to, your, to ourselves. We fail to admit to God. And we fail to admit to the people in our life that we're having a bad heart. You know, and, and that we're not where we need to be. You know, I, I, I've experienced that, and I know you have experienced that, and we all at one point in our lives, we have been in a place where our hearts are now where ne- they need to be. Right? And, and what happens when we don't say something, when we don't humble our, ourselves? It just grows. And you struggle more. And 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 it's harder to be open then. Um, Can I be honest with you? When I became a a disciple, um, I started dating when I was four months old as a a Christian. I was a baby Christian. So I really did not have changed a lot. You know, I I had made Jesus Lord, I said, okay, I'm going to make some convictions here and But there was a lot of worldliness in me. And, you know, and I met this sister, and I pursued her, and we started dating, and you know, and my worldliness came out. And, you know, we started doing, you know, we started being improper with each other. And we started messing with our purity. And, you know, for about two or three months, I did not say anything. I just Until one day, she said that she was going to say something. So I said, well, you know what? We should, we should probably say something together, and you know, so that people think I have a good heart as well. <laughs> and, you, and you just, just kind of pushed me to do it. And I remember that conversation. It was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had. Because I've never really had to admit somebody. Hey, you know, in the world, it's like I was kissing somebody. It's good for you, right? But, you know, with God's standards, it was different. And I was like, I know this is not right, you know, but I did not want to humble myself. And what we did, I mean, it was like somebody just removed this weight from, from, you know, from my life. And, you know, I was able to work on it and be able to, you know, honestly, that's one of the probably biggest lessons I've learned about being open. Um, So David actually says, hey, I want to be open. My heart is not what it needs to be. And I want to ask you that question today. Is your heart what it needs to be this morning? Are there things in your life that you're not willing to be humble about? Are there there things in your life that have been, continue being part of your life and you're just like, I'm just not going to say anything because it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult. Are those things weighing you down? Are those things stopping you from advancing in your faith? You know, and, and if we admit it to God, if we admit it to other people, if we humble ourselves, you will discover freedom. You know, there's there's this new Christian that actually made a big mistake. He just became a Christian. I'm actually, let's read it together. Acts 18, verse 24. Is it up there? You guys are fast. Look in your Bibles. So Acts eighteen twenty four, so we see this guy that just became a Christian, you know, and not, not after long he just made this huge, huge mistake. And verse 18 says, when Simon saw the, the, uh, the spirit was given at the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability that everyone who laid the hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So this guy is like, hey, the apostles are, you know, laying their hands on the, the people, and they're giving the Holy Spirit, so I want some of that. If you, know, if you know a little bit of Simon, he was actually like a, he was in the show business, right? He was like, you know, into magic and all those things, and he's like, oh man, if I get that ability, I'm going to, I can fill up a room really quick, you know? And, and obviously he was somebody, you know, he was an, probably an actor or something like that that was successful because he had money. I mean, you know, we know we live around Hollywood and we know many actors that, you know, they, what do they do? They bartender or this guy had money. He, he has made it. He's like, hey, I want to I offer you money because that looks pretty cool. And then Peter answered, may your money perish with you. Because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no, have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right with God. Now, very interesting, if you think about it, is that Peter actually was able to judge his heart. I mean, he saw just in action. He just saw some, a little behavior. But Peter said, hey, your heart is not right. You know, and, and sometimes people can tell if your heart is not right by our behavior. Right? It's like, you know, you, somebody wakes up cranky. I mean, I can tell my, my one and a half year, year old boy, if he wakes up cranky, I know. Because he's like whining and like, okay, somebody woke up cranky, you need to go back to sleep. We're going to get some pow-pow. <laughs> yes, with our kids, I said that. With my kids. So, this is what happens after this. Verse 22 says, Repent of his wickedness and pray to the Lord, in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that uh, you're full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me, that nothing that you have said may happen to me. He's like, hey, can you pray for me? So those things don't happen? Because obviously I'm not in a good place. So can you pray for me? Have you ever had people pray for you? It's like, man, I can't. I can't I can't talk to you. I mean, I don't know if you ever experienced that when you're like really mad and you're like struggling, you're like, I don't wanna talk to God. You know, I I've i experienced with my wife sometimes we you know, we've had an argument, it's like, Hey, let's I'm like let's, you know, she'd be like, Let's pray. Uh oh, you pray first. <laughs> <laughs> well I well I get there. And you know, every time she does that, she she prays, I'm okay, I'll pray too. And you know, your heart kinda gets to, to a place. But you know, we, we need to ask ask people to pray for us. You know the the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, um when I was a young disciple, I made so many mistakes, I mean I'm telling you all my mistakes here. So you learn, hopefully. Um I needed people to pray for me because I was kind of doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I was, this is probably around like six months of the Christian, maybe a little older than that. I, I, we were having a house church. I think, that like, I think the uh, Marriots were in a marriage retreat or something like that. So they left all the singles and they said, hey, you're in charge of communion on Sunday. And I was like, awesome. I get to do that. Cool. So I came up with this great idea that I'm going to take my group to the cemetery. I mean, it's obviously. I mean, it's what you do? And I said, and I said, you know, we're gonna make this awesome. So I'm gonna bring like real wine. No, 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 orange juice, no apple juice. Like, I'm gonna bring a bottle of wine. So you know, I'm coming up with this great idea. I mean, I have my scriptures ready. I, I bring my bottle of wine, wine opener, the whole thing. You know, we showed up to the where was the, the one down here in the Glendale? Forest Lawn, yeah, Forest Lawn. Beautiful place, we're like it's gonna be great. Show up, a security guard spot us with the bottle of wine (laughs) and they came up to us and he's like, What are you guys doing? Oh we're you know we're about to have communion. We're gonna just have this spiritual moment here. (laughs) And he said, Well you can't have open containers of alcohol and this is a public place, so you guys need to get out. So they kicked us out of the (laughs) cemetery. And uh, we went to another park, and the guys were like, don't get the bottle of wine again. Like, you know, we'll go get juice. And I had people talk to me for, okay, for like the next month, you know. But, uh, you know, we we need people in our lives that will be able to, you know, to pray for us, to be able to help us. I mean, I, I still need that. I mean, sometimes I come up with some ideas for the teams, like, hey, we're going to go and jump from the, like, you know, my wife is like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Let's not do that. You know, I, I like listening to my wife, just I'm gonna let you know that. I mean I, I I wanna hear what my wife has to say. yeah, sometimes I'm like just going crazy and then she's like, Hey, come down, like think about it. Alright, man, that was a bad idea. Should probably not do that. Listen to your wife's husband's I mean, honestly that might be the only thing you need to hear today. <laughs> Point number two. Surround yourself. Hebrews 3, verse 12. It says, See it to re- so see it to your brothers and sisters, that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin, by sin, the sinfulness. See, we have to surround ourselves... You know, and the people that we surround ourselves with are, are crucial for how good our heart is. Like it really, it really matters. Like the people that you surround yourself with is crucial. If you're gonna have a good heart, or you're gonna have a bad heart. I mean, if you surround yourself with people that are gonna influence you, and you know, party, and th- this is li- the way we live our life, your heart is gonna go that way. Your heart is gonna turn. You know, but the Bible says that we should encourage one another. We should surround ourselves with each other and encourage one another. And what does it say daily? What does daily mean? It Means daily, right? <laughs> like, like every day. It's like an everyday thing that we should encourage one another. And I want you to think for a minute here. I want you to think of, of the place where you live. If you're single, you you know you have roommates. If you live with your parents, or your parents live with you, or you you're married, you're you you know recently ma- recently married, no kids. If you have kids, think about. How can you encourage people in your household? How, what, what can you do? I mean, you should be writing it down, actually. This is what I'm going to do. I, I'm actually going to show you another scripture. It's Hebrews 10, verse 24, and this is on the message version. I love this passage as I was reading it. Is it, is it up there? It says, Let, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging, love, and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together, as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. See, the Bible says that we need to get inventive. And, like, figure it out. What can I do at home? What can I do for my wife? What can I do for my kids? What can I do for my parents? What can I do for my roommates? To encourage them. What can I do, like, an everyday thing? You know, something that I do for my wife is... if. if I you know, growing up I hated doing dishes. Like that was like the thing I would not do. I would clean the floor, I'll clean the bathrooms. I mean, I'll do whatever you want me to do but the dishes. No dishes for me. I don't know, just just didn't want to do it. You know, I got married. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know, my I think my wife didn't like do dish doing dishes too, you know? So they started kind of finding out and and, okay, when well somebody needs to do the dishes, I guess I'll, you know, so I, you know, my wife gets encouraged when I do the dishes. So I kind of try to take care of the kitchen. I'm like, I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to try to ke- keep it clean. You know, we kind of have a routine. I, I clean it and she, you know, messes it up. <laughs> but it's you know, I'm not encouraged when she, you know, messes it up. But she's encouraged when I clean it up. <laughs> and I do it for her. I, I, I want her to be encouraged. So let's get creative at home. You know, what, what can you do? What can you do on a daily basis for people that live with you to encourage them? You know, I, we, we need encouragement. We all need encouragement. If you're here today, I mean, don't, don't feel like getting encouragement is, is a weakness. We all need it. And we need it on a daily basis. You know, God says that we need to encourage one another so their heart stays soft, so their heart stays pure. Um, you know, we, we already get a lot of negativity and discouragement outside of the church. I mean, we get it all the time. I know you do. You say, I don't want to live in a house where I go and I'm being turned down, and I'm being put down. See, our, our homes should be the places, you know, where we get the most encouragement. The home, you know, the, if you're if you're a Christian, the home should be the place where you should get the most encouragement. Now, let's look at the exact opposite. First Corinthians fifteen, verse thirty-three. It says, "Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character." See, we choose the people that we surround ourselves with, right? You choose that. And and we choose the people that are key relationships in our lives. And, you know, I'm not saying, hey, you're just going to hang out with some people and you're not going to hang out with everybody. You know, God wants, you know, us to reach out to everyone. But there's people that we need to choose that are key relationships for our lives. Um, I, I told the teens this story, but uh, um, you know, when I graduated high school, what during high school I had these four friends that we would spend every day with. I mean, we'll you know we'll sleep at each other's house, we'll do homework together, we're just best friends, and you know we all kind of we didn't do drugs or none of those things. We just had a great time. We just play video games and homework and school and have fun. That was it. When I stu- when I my first year of college of university, uh, I, I, I became friends with this other guy. And, and I knew he was kinda like the troublemaker at school and um, but he had the same mayor that I did so I should, you know I guess I know you so let you should hang out. Um, so I started hanging out with him and you know he introduced me to smoking for the first time. I'm like, Oh well you do it, man sure I'll try it out. He introduced me to alcohol, like getting wasted alcohol. He introduced me to drugs. Honestly, he even introduced me to music. It was like heavy metal, and and you know he had long hair, so eventually, kind of like my hair kind of grew, and and I remember just being as school, just this you know, oh, you probably don't imagine this, but I would just wear black all the every day and like long hair, and like I'd be as school drunk on the back smoking. Yeah, that, that was my first year. <laughs> but, you know, the people that we surround ourselves with make a big difference in our lives. I mean, it's, it's a huge difference. I mean, you, you probably don't see it. But it eventually, it just becomes creeping into our life, and it starts changing you. It starts transforming your your heart. And, and I remember, you know, being introduced to the church here. You know, and coming, and coming here, and, and I, I, I told the teens this the other day that uh, there's a brother... Um, when I know for like twelve years. I came to church and he got my number and then for my birthday he gave me a call. I'm like, Who's this guy? What is he calling me? And he called me, say, I wanna wish you a happy birthday, you know, hopefully you have a great day and and you know, he just he shared a scripture with me and I was like, Well, that was nice. It's like I kinda wanna hang out with this guy a little more. And and I'm telling you this because I'm telling you a story that happened twelve years ago. That little phone call had an impact in my life. That, that little phone call that this guy made made me think about, I want to be surrounded by people that are encouraging. I surrounded surrounded. be surrounded by people that are going to be a positive influence in my life. Now, you know, if you're a single in the room, the people that you date, you probably have to think a lot about it. Like, you really have to give it a lot of thought. Right? If you're married, yes. Right? They should. Should they? Yeah. You should give her, you know, sometimes we, 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 you know, you you say, well, you know, I'm dating him because he's cute. Well, let me tell you, when they're 45 years old, they're not going to be, ain't going to be cute anymore. Some 45-year-old here. I'm dating her. I'm dating her because she's cute. Well when she's 45, same thing. same thing. You know, character, character, with time, it grows. It gets stronger. Physical attributes. They don't. They don't do good with age. We're all fighting gravity here. <laughs> so the people that you surround yourself with, it, it is so important. It is so important. Last thing. Last thing I'm going to say before kick me out of here. <laughs> Guard yourself. Let's, uh, let's look at Proverbs 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, verse 23. And this is one of those scriptures that you want to memorize. This is one of those scriptures that you want to think about it all the time when you're like, oh man, I need to guard my heart. Proverbs uh, 4, 23 says, Above all else, is it as important? Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You know, we need to do whatever it takes for us to guard our heart. Whatever it takes, above all things. That's something that we need to, because it's so valuable. I know we all have different things in our lives that are not valuable. But your heart is so valuable. You know, I, I have this uh, 2002 Ford Explorer with 250,000 miles, which is pretty good for a Ford, right? Three windows don't work, and have not worked for years. You know, it's just, that's not very important for me. You know, you go to the drive-thru, you <laughs> have to open the door and the whole thing. That's the only part I don't like. This week, the radiator got a crack on it, you know, overheated, and I s- see the big crack, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't to put money in this thing. So, you know, I looked it up, like 300-something dollars, so it's like, I'm not gonna do that. So I went on YouTube, <laughs> you know, like every other normal person does. I'm like, how do you how do you fix this thing? So so they gave me like a little, you know, this five dollar potty thing that you go and buy and like you put it in there, it becomes metal and I'm like, I'm gonna give it a try. Five bucks. Went to the store the other the other day. Put it in the, in the thing. The car works perfectly. It's a five dollar. awesome. But you know what? It, it, can you tell that I don't really care about this thing? I actually have a PlayStation in that car. That's another story. I mean, probably the PlayStation is more is worth more than the car. But I don't really care about it. It just not a, it's not important to me. You know, but but your heart is so important. Your heart is something that we need to you know see it as so valuable. It's something that we need to take care of. You know, and. You know, so today you, you there's a possibility that you have a good heart, but there's also a possibility that you that you're struggling. that You have a heart that's getting harder, and you know the thing is like you can tell when your heart is is getting bad, like you can tell, and the people around you can tell. And sometimes they go like, "Hey, you don't look like you're doing well." Look what are you talking about? I'm fine. But the reality is that if you have a bad heart today, I want to encourage you. I want to urge you to humble yourself before God, before, before others. To surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you. And last, to guard yourself. Thank you very much. I'm going to pray and you will be dismissed after the prayer. Heavenly Father God, thank you very much for today and the opportunity to just open your Bible and just really look at your plan for us. Father, you know our hearts. Father, this morning, if we have a bad heart, I I pray that you get uh, deep into just really our minds and and that we are willing to be open. That we are willing to be humble. Father, we want to have a a good heart. We don't want to have a bad heart. Father, we need you for that. We need, we need people around us. I pray that this week we decide to be people, to be persons with good hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.